this is episode 492 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, July 2nd, 2018. I'm your host, Mark Nez. Today I'm going to talk about some Halo 2. So current, so current and fresh. Maybe a little bit more of the crew too. And a few movies. So I'm going to start off with Halo 2 because I just started playing the campaign of that for the very first time with my father and not for the first time with my father just the first time in general for me I never played it because I remember always hearing bad things about it but <clears throat> as far as I know now the complaints all have to do with it ending on a huge cliffhanger and the fact that Halo 3 didn't come out for ever but other than that people like the campaign and after playing through the first Four or five missions, I am really enjoying it. And the quintessential stamp of approval is my dad is really enjoying it. He hated almost all of the first Halo. He was always bitching and calling me a moron and all these things. And that hasn't happened once so far playing Halo 2, which is nice. It's a nice change over from uh, Halo 1. And... I'm really liking it. It it feels a bit better. It looks significantly better, which I don't know why, because I think uh, Halo 1 and Halo 2 are the, are the two games that got a significant graphical boost. Um, and Halo 2 just looks a lot nicer. Not that Halo 1 Remastered, whatever the hell it was called, looks bad. It just, you can definitely see an improvement. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, I know there's, maybe there's limitations in the way uh, the games were built. And that Halo was just built in a way that made it harder to improve it too much. Since they, with both games, they have that option where you can press the select button, options button, whatever the hell it is on the controller these days to change back to the original graphics which is a, a feature I really like. But, yeah, Halo 2 does look quite a bit better. Uh, it feels smoother. And I'm actually somewhat interested in the story. I don't remember the first Halo having the high-quality cutscenes like Halo 2 does. So maybe Halo 2 was the first game that had that introduced those cutscenes from... I wish I could remember the name of that studio that does them for all the games, but... They look really good, and some of them are longer than I expected, and it just makes me a bit more interested in the story and is getting me more invested in the Halo universe and all that jazz. So unlike with the Halo, the first Halo game, in part because I already played that, I'm not skipping all the cutscenes. So we're actually taking in the story, and the, the mission we finished on that we, we haven't played, but we're, our next mission is the one where you are finally playing as the Arbiter, and that's interesting. I like having that. Uh, I forgot that the first Halo game did not have the energy sword that you could use, so finally getting to use that is great. And we ended our first play session by just killing each other for maybe five minutes, which is really fun. It's fun to just kill each other over and over again. Um, but yeah, he got to ride around in the tank too, and blew a bunch of shit up and enjoyed it, so it's been a pretty good experience so far, and the cliffhanger, however bad it is, it won't be a problem since 
You can go straight to Halo 3 right after that. And then ODST, the best Halo game. And then I can play 4 for the first time. And Reach is a prequel, right? I don't know. I think. So it doesn't matter when we play that, if we ever play that. But it's backward compatible. Only one that hasn't been remastered as far as I know. And then 5. Which a lot of people don't like, so that'll be interesting. It'll all be interesting. Getting deep into Halo, simply because it's a great co-op experience. Except the first game, because the, f the first game is just poorly designed. I also appreciate that the second Halo game, at least the first levels, they seem to be shorter, uh, so that it's not like you can end up taking a fair amount of time to get through a level and feel like, oh, I just want this to end and not have to restart it, because that's the most frustrating thing. I don't think it's a, something you have to be concerned about when you're playing by yourself because it'll just load you at your checkpoint. But when you are playing co-op, you'll have to restart an entire level, which is frustrating but understandable. Um, but yeah, that's <clears throat> pretty much all I've been playing with the time I've had other than the crew when I'm on my exercise bike or something. Uh, still really enjoying that. It feels very grindy, though, which is a bit frustrating because you can't upgrade your... I don't think you can upgrade your vehicles in, uh, in any way other than by finishing races, winning them, which is, in most cases, just getting in the top three. Some races you have to win. And then collecting the loot, which will be for whatever type of car your, your race was. Uh, and you can equip it to any vehicle that is of that make. Um... Uh, which is a bit frustrating, but, you know, it is what it is. And it, the thing is, too, that with the, the, the races that are a bit more difficult, I don't feel like there's a huge boost in the number of followers you get, which increases your rank from, like, rookie to professional superstar icon and the amount of money you get. So you can just grind and not feel like you're, not getting as much as you would if you were actually challenging yourself a bit more, which is a weird thing to to feel. Um, I don't like one of the frust most frustrating features of the game to me is the if you if you get off the track you're pretty much screwed because the return to track feature, which has I'm playing on Xbox One, so I'm holding the two bumpers. It would be L1 and R1 on a uh, PlayStation. It doesn't seem to just work universally it seems to wait until it realizes you are somewhat off course and it takes a bit too long and it maybe 25 potentially 33 percent of the time it will respond me in a location that is not ideal it might like if i'm doing it because i missed a turn it might spawn me going at a certain speed and just blow me past that turn again. It's like, well, now I'm especially screwed. I was already pretty screwed for missing it the first time, and now I'm behind. But now I just respawn and wasted another five seconds or so, which is annoying. So it's not as forgiving. Despite being an arcade racer, it doesn't have a rewind feature or anything. So while it is an arcade racer and control wise turning and all that is a bit more forgiving you don't need to break as much you don't have to uh you know if you run into things it's not as terrible unless you run into like a wall or something uh 
it's still at the same time is also not forgiving and a bit more difficult because it doesn't have some of the the features that are just kind of things we expect in the racing genre um especially in arcadey things but even even in the simi ones i mean forza motorsport and forza horizon but they have rewind features uh i believe the need for speed series has them i can't remember that many racers that just project cars have it i don't know project cars i think it has it but no who cares about project cars really um but i'm still really enjoying it i have hit icon level which allows you to start upgrading your driver and gives you uh skill points for each level where you can what i think there's one for racing one for some other thing there, there are three different skill trees and i think the way it works is that you get a point in one then in another one then another one and it just goes you know uh on like a cycle and you can increase the amount of money you get from a race the uh, amount of followers you get from a race you can increase the collision you make and other stuff like that you know uh, very typical things your ability to swerve around objects so that's cool and i mean and i don't think there's a cap on it so it means you can just you have something that you keep striving for because some of the skills max out at like 25 levels but then there are other ones that you can just keep feeding points in it seems so you can just keep playing keep getting those icon points and increasing your your driver's skill ever so slightly uh as you continue playing which is nice uh i'm still enjoying it you know it's not a perfect racer it's definitely not for everyone either but if you want something where you can just drive around and chill out and you're not looking for the the most exciting racer or anything like that or the best playing racer it's 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 very middle of the road in many senses like it's it's a it's a quantity not quality game but that doesn't mean it's of a very poor quality it's just not at the level of the the great racers out there um and then other than that can't think of anything else really i've played all that much movie wise i've watched some older stuff i finally watched the invitation after my friend pat kept telling me about it and i loved it it's on netflix came out i think like 2014 it stars there are a few familiar faces and then others who i don't know but the star quote-unquote star would be is it logan something the guy who's in upgrade who i really like and i really like him in this and it's about this man who gets an invitation from i believe it's his ex-wife they're not they're not separated or anything i believe they are uh divorced uh they lost their child and it's been hard coping since then and he just gets an invitation out of the blue and so do a, a good amount of their friends and it seems like it's going to be this thing to maybe talk about it and try to heal and it's clear from the very beginning that something is a bit off and you have all these little little bits here and there that just make you question what the actual what's actually going on at this little dinner party 
and it's a slow buildup, a very slow buildup. So it could be a bit too slow for some people, but I really, really enjoy that slow buildup. And when it, when it does turn in the end, I loved it. It's reminiscent of the kind of feeling I got from movies like The Guest and uh, Your Next. Uh, so if you like those movies, which are a bit more high profile and potentially something you've seen, listener, viewer, uh, I highly recommend checking out The Invitation. I was very pleasantly surprised. I was I was worried that I was not going to like it because anytime someone recommends something to me, I'm like, God, I, I want to like it. I don't want to be like, uh, yeah, I watched that thing you recommended and I hated it. Um, but I really, really liked The Invitation. And then the other movie I watched was A Separation, which came out a few maybe in 2014 as well it won the academy award for best foreign language film and it's something i've been meaning to watch for a while but any movie that is subtitled it's harder to watch just because it requires more of a commitment because you really do have to pay attention because you're going to have to read all the subtitles and i finally watched it and it is this it is a a simple story about uh, a man and a woman they're they're married and they're they're separating at this time and then something happens in between uh, the 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 man his father has alzheimer's and the help he gets does something and something happens to the help and it's just it's just a grounded story that i don't want i don't want to talk too much about it because i think it's really worth experiencing it as fresh and as blind as possible but all i'll say is that it 100 percent deserved to win and it may very well be one of the best films i've ever seen i was enthralled the whole time i was in it the whole time you know it, it to me is such a perfect example of how you can take a simple-ish story, a, a true-to-life story, uh, something that is grounded in reality, something that you can you can feel for, and something where there's no... You can side with... There's no, there's no clear, hey, this person is 100% right, and this person is 100% wrong. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's so beautifully done, wonderfully acted. The, the guy who does play the, the father, the, the husband... He was in Camp X-Ray, which is something I also really liked, which was a, a movie about, I think it was at Guantanamo Bay, where Kristen Stewart was a new prison guard there, and she forms a relationship with this prisoner who is played by that actor. And after that movie and this movie, man, I I want to search him out and see more stuff he's done. Uh, so, yeah, and you know, it is subtitled, um, but it's absolutely wonderful, and I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, but, yeah. That will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter.com slash what? What do I do? Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomalist, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I'm the Kush 3 The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to check out the art I do, please go over to PX, pxsart.com. Nope, there's no slash. 
I'm mixing everything up. But you know who does have a slash? The Patreon, which is where you can go if you'd like to support the site. And that is patreon.com slash pxs. Support it if you want. No, you don't have to if you don't want to. That's fine. I'm not going to lock anything behind there. Because I just want to make stuff and put it out there for people to enjoy if they want to enjoy it. And that's it. And if people want to say, hey, I like what you do. Here's a buck a month. Then good on them. <sighs> yeah, okay. Bye.